This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Good morning, Deep South family. Malcolm White here with Carol Puckett. We are so glad that you are with us this morning. Good morning, Carol. How are you? Hey, Mal. How are you? Well, you know, things are different, that's for sure. Uh, Today, and for our listeners, uh, today, Carol uh, is in her home. I am in my home. Uh, Java is back at the studio, and we appreciate your patience while we work through uh, this uh, new technology and new reality. So, Carol, what did you uh, cook over this weekend? Well, I cooked a lot, just like most of the people out here. When you stay home, you get creative. Of course, I worked on biscuits, and I actually made the ones that our caller, Gene from Mobile, I hope you're out there, Gene. You know, he's the one that said we had it all wrong and we're making it hard. And so I dumped some flour in a bowl and poured some buttermilk in it. Yeah, no mm-hmm. fat, no, nothing else, and they were beautiful biscuits. So, Gene, you're a good guy. And, uh, Malcolm, I thought of you because I cooked oysters Mosca. And oh, had, boy. Yeah, oyster oh boy. So we were kind of having an oyster fest. Well, I love oysters Mosca, uh, a dish from the great restaurant uh, in Wagaman, Louisiana, just outside of New Orleans across the Huey P. Long Bridge on U.S. Highway 90. Uh, Beautiful Italian Creole restaurant. Looks like a roadside uh, uh, juke joint, but has some of the best food on the planet. And uh, I have long loved that restaurant, and particularly that dish, Oysters Mosca. Well, you know, uh, my significant other, John, had neither been to Mosca's or had Oysters Mosca, and he kept looking at it and saying, is this what it's supposed to look like? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it looks like dressing, like it, you know, it does. A holiday it, it dressing yeah, with oysters it like in it. it in a pie pan. Right. Uh, yeah, it's not very fancy, but you just line the bottom of the pan with oysters, and then you top it with this wonderful mixture of breadcrumbs and Parmesan cheese and great Italian spices so and lots of garlic lots and lots of garlic and when you think you've got enough you can add some more well Kara uh baked a blueberry cake yesterday so i've been enjoying uh a cake uh we've honestly been eating leftovers uh from the restaurant from hal and mouse uh we after we shut down our lunch uh, business on Friday. I brought a lot of food home. Um, our chef McKee had made a big batch of, uh, Hal's wonderful seafood bisque. So I brought a lot of that home. Uh, he had made some coleslaw with lots of capers the way Hal liked it, capers and dill weed. So I brought a bunch of that home. So we've just been snacking on various and sundry dishes that we had already prepared. Uh, got a little lasagna out of the freezer that we made uh, a couple of weeks ago. So we're, we're, we're in good shape over here. Well, you know, I think this whole idea of sheltering at home and 
I know with our radio show today, we're following all the guidelines for doing that. Uh, it, it's a wonderful time to clean out the freezer and be creative with you know, what you already have. Right. And, you know, this uh, virus is bad and uh, we are going through a lot uh, as a globe, global society and certainly here in the United States. But as bad as it is, uh, there's been a lot of good come out of this in a very short order. Many of the grocery stores uh, have dedicated the first couple of hours to people 60 years of age and older. That, that helps our seniors. As you know, many school districts and other organizations are providing breakfast and lunch for kids who are out of school uh, and also for adults at a reduced fee. And our great charities around the state of Mississippi have really kicked into overdrive. Robert St. John and his amazing organization, Extra Table, have really uh, stepped it up. Here locally in Jackson, Jeff Good and his restaurant group have facilitated a farmer's market uh, in the parking lot of one of their restaurants, Broad Street. Uh, everything uh, was at a reduced price, and everybody's really kicking in. Uh, to do what we can during these very difficult times. Well, um, did you see the pictures of Robert St. John and some of his extra table folks down on the coast taking food out of the casinos? Because when the order came to close the casinos, you know, they had so much, you know, so much food and extra table was on the site. And, you know, Robert was in there, you know, lifting and loading up trucks. And I really thought about him as I think about all our other restaurant friends that he is not only going through the impact of closing his his restaurants and all the problems that come with that, uh, you know, no income being the main one. And, yeah. you know, it's just good to see that pe people like Robert and, and Jeff do what they do in good times, and that's help with other people. And I, I know, didn't y'all have a blood drive down at Helen Mills this week? We did. We had a blood drive on Friday, and because there is so much going on in our society, one of the pieces that has slipped through the cracks is our blood supply, uh, and it is in a dire shortage nationwide and certainly locally here in Mississippi uh, so the Mississippi Blood Services brought out their mobile truck on Friday, and we had a very successful blood drive uh, at Hallam Mouse uh, during the Friday lunch. And uh, if there's any way any of our listeners uh, can help by donating blood to the Mississippi Blood Services, I assure you uh, that in this time of great need, one of those needs uh, is uh, our blood supply. I'm just curious about how, you know, how it was set up to, you know, to encompass safety guidelines and, uh, you know, take care of some of the, the rules or suggestions that are in force now. In terms of the blood drive? Yeah. Well, I mean, they were all in gowns and gloves and completely masked, you know, the, the crew that came yeah, with. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, I mean, they're in a mobile, about a 40-foot mobile trailer. They pull up. Uh, it, it has a generator on board. 
they have an intake process, and then they had, I think, three nurses who were all uh, in gowns and masks and gloves, and they processed uh, the donors in a very safe uh, and organized way. That is so. That is so cool. So you know, it's also a time uh, when we are all sheltered. Uh, in place. Many of us are at home. You know, it's a great time to Facebook with the family, to reach out to friends and coworkers and neighbors. Um, a lot of people in my neighborhood, the Bellhaven neighborhood, are out walking, uh, certainly practicing social distancing, but walking, um, and everyone's waving and, and asking how everyone's doing. So in, in terrible times, we must uh, remember that it often brings out uh, some of the best in us. Um, and one thing, Carol, that, that you and our great friend Leanne Galt have been doing is uh, setting up our virtual uh, table. And tell us a little bit about this, this new Facebook page that we have. Well, you know, after our show last week and yeah, thinking of all the people that call in and um, we do have an interesting listenership, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, Leanne and I worked on on a Facebook site, and it's called Cooking and Coping, Gathering Around the Virtual Table. So, if on Facebook you'll go to Cooking and Coping and uh, sign up, you'll be on the page. We, we've already had several hundred people sign up since Saturday. Now it's and, a public uh, page, right? It's a pu- it's a public page, and people are sharing, you know, what they're doing to cope in their kitchen, and it just goes from the uh, sublime to the you know downright fun, hilarious, hilarious. <laughs> like somebody posted and said that they are going to be the person that's going to balance out everything, and so uh, this. This woman posted a, posted a picture of ramen noodles with butter. It was absolutely beautiful. It made me hungry. <laughs> and well, that's great. If you look on the page, look up some of the posts by Joe Sherman. Um, Joe Sherman and his wife, Mary Pryor, they must be just sitting at home cooking all the time. I mean, it is gorgeous food. And uh, I did one of the same recipes Joe did. I did a chicken piccata from the New York Times uh, cooking site. And so I saw that Joe did the same dish. And he's an old-fashioned merchandiser. And his plating looked entirely different from mine. I'm going to copy his picture next time. Yeah, and you and Joe worked together at Viking for many years. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. And I I think that's where he got the serious cooking bug. But, yeah, Mary Pryor is is not far behind him and she i think i think there was a coconut cake this morning oh boy there's some cooking going on at the sherman home and lots of other places and and you know leanne galt who was on our show a couple of weeks ago you know she is an amazing cook and she posts pictures of her meals every night during good times so you can imagine her creativity right now but, you know, not only is she a fine cook um, and just a wonderful person, I mean, she also is giving us her talents and skills with this Facebook page because she is uh, a master, and this is one of the things she does at work. 
And a shout out to Leanne Galt and all of our listeners on Deep South Dining. Uh, it is time for our first break. When we come back, we will talk to Chef Cole Ellis. Chef Cole Ellis is based in Cleveland, Mississippi. And we'll talk about what's going on with the Delta food scene in this age of social distancing. So please stay tuned. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 or send us an email to food at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back with more Deep South Dining after this. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. You're listening to Deep South Dining here on MPB Think Radio. I'm Malcolm White with my great friend Carol Puckett. And this is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor, the people who cook, the things we cook, and how cooking and eating together soothes and heals. Good morning, Carol. Malcolm, it's great to be with you today, and I'm so excited that we finally have Cole Ellis on the show, albeit remotely. I mean, he is one of my favorite Mississippi chefs, and, you know, with all the time I spent in the Delta and in Greenwood and then working in Cleveland, um, you know, I really got to know his food, and he's a pretty amazing guy and a great chef. Wow. Yeah, I've really enjoyed uh, my times uh, dining at the Delta Meat Market uh, there in downtown Cleveland, home of the fighting okra. At this time, we would love to welcome Chef Cole Ellis. Good morning, Chef. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, we're doing well here. So, Great. So how well are you doing? With, uh, <laughs> are you... Are you um, is the is the restaurant open in the hotel? No, ma'am. Uh, for public safety reasons, obviously, we uh, closed the restaurant in the hotel and the rooftop bar. Um, as much as it pains us to do so, we've got to think about uh, friends and customers and family members in the community and make sure that uh, safety is the, the utmost. And, and are you doing takeout curb service uh, at the Delta Meat Market, or is it also uh, temporarily no, shuttered? No, no, we've 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 got the meat market open. Uh, this little dream that began in 2013 has uh, once again made that full transition back to a grocery store with a small amount of curbside. <clears throat> We're offering delivery delivery to the elderly, um, people with kids, folks that don't just, just simply don't need to be out. Um, we even have some of our staff members and their children volunteering to get groceries for people and deliver them to their house. If we don't have it, we try to go get it for them. Um, but you know, in these times we just simply have to remember 
you know, the importance of being well and, and if you have those symptoms, you know, not to be around other people and we're taking our temperature twice a day and, you know, just muscling through our best way of, of trying to, to get, keep the doors open, you know, and, uh, preserve our jobs and the jobs of the employees that work for us. I think that's a wonderful service you're providing, delivering things to you know, people who were shut in and elderly. You know, that's one of the, the big concerns around this whole thing. And we've got to yeah. take care of those people. And it's, it's, it's extremely scary. Yes. Cole, if you would, tell our listeners uh, about the Delta Meat Market, that place, uh, how you opened as part grocery store, part restaurant, and now you've sort of shifted back to the grocery piece of it. But just describe your your business for our listeners who maybe haven't been to Cleveland lately and don't know about your operations there. So, so in 2013, we uh, opened as a butcher shop, uh, did so on my dime, so kind of very stark uh, setting. We just had two meat cases and well, one meat and one seafood case and a few produce and grocery items. Meat market was always designed to be the hub or the the starting point for something else in Cleveland, you know, to do something different um, and be able to kind of supply that and watch the quality change so we could, you know, provide the same quality and and um, product to our other restaurants that we wanted to do. Um, it was slow going in the beginning, but uh, sort of started to ramp off and, and uh, became a cornerstone for the community. Uh, we started offering lunch in a similar setting that we're doing now. Um, we did about two to three items. Um, they were feel-good foods. They were something unique. They were something different. We tried not to do your chicken poppy seeds and your you know, other stuff like that. We wanted to be marketably different and try to do things like chicken curries versus or you know, lamb shepherd's pies or just you know, th- things that aren't quite they speak to they speak Delta in the fact that it's unique, but they don't speak Delta in the fact that they're redundant or things that you see on every menu. Um, Cole, are you and, from the Delta? Yes, ma'am. I, I was born and raised here, and uh, like most Deltans, itching to get away. You cut the cord at 18, you run off into the world, um, sow your oats. In college, I went to Charleston, South Carolina. I uh, went to Culinary Institute of Charleston after Mississippi State. Uh, and then uh, worked in a few restaurants. Decided that uh, after meeting love of my life, decided we want to live a little closer to home. We uh, moved to Nashville. Uh, saw a hell of a culinary uprising there. And uh, things really started to change for us. I was working at a place called the Hermitage Hotel in Nashville. It was a uh, five-star, five-diamond hotel that... Uh, and and these were during the, sh- uh, the Sean Brock days, right? Uh, these, these were... So, in Charleston was my Sean Brock days, and uh, in Nashville was my Tyler Brown days. And okay. uh, I stayed there. We we started a 66-acre garden and uh, eventually turned into a cattle farm. And then 2007... I mean, excuse me, in 2013, we had the idea of doing the meat market, and we started looking around for places. Well, we're constantly fighting the fact that people would uh, be making 
crazy amounts of money in Nashville since the culinary scene had exploded, and they were already hard to come by. Um, and we just knew we wouldn't be able to afford to do that sort of thing. So we kind of tried to start thinking about other options. And we were going to uh, do a bed and breakfast at my wife's family farm in Dyersburg, Tennessee. But if you've ever been to Dyersburg, it just doesn't have the, the culture or the feel of the Delta. One visit to the Delta said, we looked at each other and we said, this is where we do it. Um, so, again, we, we operated rooted again. It was uh, June 20th of 2013 and started construction on our home and the uh, meat market. Once the renovation was done with our home, two, a month later, about November, we opened up Delta Meat Market. And uh, Well, it, started- it, it is a real treat for Mississippians to, you know, to have a chef that trained under two of the best in the country. Uh, we had Sean <laughs> Brock on the radio show a few weeks ago. But to bring, you know, not only your creativity, but uh, to be inspired by those guys uh, is is a real gift to all of us. As is Delta Meat Market, um, yeah, because it's more than a restaurant. It is it's a community gathering place, and it has really helped build the wonderful community that Cleveland is. And we, we didn't want to fall short of that once again. You know, during these hard times, so. It's kind of been our primary focus not to turn our backs on what we started and continue to deliver it, I don't know, with a small amount of panache. Uh, thank you for the state lifting the uh, liquor laws to allow us to be able to sell wine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's made it easy for people to stop in and, and you know just kind of enjoy <laughs> the things that we have. Um, That's a beautiful thing. Tell everybody about the Cotton House Hotel, where you're located now. So we're located originally, we're across the street from our original location. Um, Cotton House is located downtown on Cotton Row. It is uh, the only five-story building protruding the skyline of our extremely flat community. Um, (laughs) And... It, it, it's it, it's it's a great boutique hotel. It flies under the tribute portfolio of Marriott. Uh, we are independently owned by a group of great local investors, um, and just you know super proud of of being here and where you know our business has become. Malcolm, have you gotten to stay there yet? <laughs> no, actually, I haven't even been in since it's opened. Uh, I know they have a great art collection. Yes, and I know they have a great restaurant, uh, but I I honestly have not been to Cleveland since it opened, and I need to get up there. Yeah, you. I mean, and not only do they have a fabulous art collection, they have a section in it where they have rotating art shows by Delta artists, and yeah, the rooms, the public spaces are are just phenomenal, and it's it's really pulling things in Cleveland together. You know, with the Grammy Museum there, it's, you know, becoming more and more of a magnet for groups and, uh, you know, travelers just stopping in to see the Grammy Museum and Dockery Farm and do the whole Blues Trail. And it's right around the corner from the Ellis Theater, home of the Delta Arts Alliance. Before we uh, have to go, Cole, talk to us a little bit about your James Beard House experience. Uh, We had initially thought, before COVID-19, we'd have a whole show with you talking about the James Beard dinner. But could you talk a little bit about that before we have to go to break? Yeah, Absolutely. and let the listeners know what the James Beard house is. 
Uh, James Beard House was started in the uh, uh, 90s as such, well, by the foundation. It, it, is, it encompasses uh, everything that we believe about food and, and culinary arts itself um, and preservation of, you know, techniques and, you know, the growth of, of the industry with, you know, via, via education. And we've always felt that it's something that we really feel like, you know, that, that it's something that should be supported. Um, we didn't get into cooking necessarily for the dollar, the almighty dollar, especially when you're, you know, starting out and you don't make the minimum wage. Uh, we started out, like, for that process of breaking bread, and and their ideals and ours coincide, and it was just a really great opportunity to be able to go up there and cook and share what we do down here in the Delta with them, and that was the spin of it. We we did Delta Italian. Um, we took some of those things that, you know, traditional Italian dishes brought over during the times of rice cultivation or learning how to cultivate rice and, and tried to put our meat market and Delta influence on it using ingredients found around here and uh, just made it our own and it was just a, it was a wonderful opportunity got to take a really good group of friends to help us do it and uh got to share that well what an honor for you that's that's you know quite a recognition of you know what you're doing down here well cole we appreciate your time i know these are very difficult and hectic times we appreciate you taking a couple of minutes to join us on the phone and we look forward to having you on for your entire uh, hour-long show uh, in the future. But thanks so much for joining us, and we appreciate uh, you being with us. And very good luck to all of your endeavors uh, up in Cleveland uh, at the Delta Meat Market. Appreciate it. All right, it's time for – yeah, thank you, man. Thank thank you. So it's time for our next break. When we return, we will leave the Delta, the flatland, and venture to the hills – of Oxford in the Yakmatothal country, and we'll talk with Chef John Currents, another James Beard Award winner, owner of several restaurants. He will share with us the kindness of his patrons and what difference that is making during these extraordinary and difficult times in the restaurant industry. Please stay tuned. If you want to call the show, dial one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven. 672-7464 or shoot us an email at food at mpbonline.org We will be right back. Hi, I'm Ryder Taff, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advisory and co-host of Money Talks. Each week, we take your personal finance questions and tell you about a money topic we hope you find helpful. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and friends far and wide. You are listening to Deep South Dining here on MPB Think Radio. I'm Malcolm White, here with my buddy Carol Puckett. Good morning, Carol. Good morning, Mal, in our virtual show. That's right, from a distance. Yeah. We are going to welcome 
Yeah, that's right. Now we're going to welcome to the show our great friend, John Currents, owner of the City Grocery Restaurant Group up in Oxford. John, how are you hanging, buddy? Well, I'm, I'm fine. I, you know, I woke up this morning and, and, uh, and, and I was looking at my calendar and getting ready to talk to you guys. And, and I knew you all would appreciate one of my first thoughts was like, good Lord, Oxford, Mississippi and the world in general has never needed Ron Shapiro more than, than they do right this second. Man, are you so right. Uh, the cultural God, was... ambassador to Oxford and to Mississippi. Um, we uh, we do miss him. We've never needed him as much as we do now. And, and we also uh, miss Donnie Bruce Browning during these times. That's 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 the truth. But uh, but but I you know I, I cannot say enough um, how how lucky we are to have Robin Tannehill um, at the uh, at the wheel right now. Her uh, her her action, her 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 language. Um, you know, every bit of decision making that uh, that she's been faced with has been so measured, so thoughtful, so smart. Um, you know, I, I, I just I can't say what a what a great position we're in with uh, with her. Well, uh, she's a great she's a great mayor, and you know, I follow her on Twitter and see her very clear and concise instructions to. The citizens of Oxford and her rallying cries, and it, it's impressive. She's leading the state. I mean, she really is. John, tell us a little bit about the state of your restaurants and kind of how you're dealing with it. I'm sure it's day to day and hour by hour. Well, it is, but you know, at, at this point, guys, um, you know, we've we've settled in. Uh, you know, we're. We're, we're relying on, uh, you know, on our, you know, on, on one, our, our friends, and two, cabin fever, uh, you know, to keep folks interested in, in delivery and pick up. And, you know, and while that, you know, is only really amounting to about, you know, 80, I mean, 20% of the, uh, the business that we were doing before, you know, we've, uh, we, we've, we've also uh, moved as of this weekend. We've kind of pivoted into creating small markets within uh, the restaurant so that we have staples that people need, like Purell and uh, toilet paper and paper towels, um, you know, plus, you know, proteins, beans, rice. Um, and so, you know, we've created these little sort of Bottega markets um, within City Grocery and, and, uh, and Big Bad Breakfast that, that folks can, uh, can shop from as well. And you also are organizing uh, an employee relief fund, right? We are. We've got an employee relief fund. Uh, you know, we uh, we issued checks, just straight cut checks, to every one of our employees at the end of last week, uh, just to help with the sting. Um, and uh, you know, we have our. We just came to the end of our last payroll cycle uh, yesterday, so they'll have paychecks coming. On uh, on Thursday, um, and you know we we're, we have we've offered folks that for every gift card that, that they purchase, they'll be honored in full uh, when all this is over. But all the money that comes in from the sale of gift cards goes to uh, to to the employee relief fund. Um, and uh, so you know, then on top of that, I'm working with a uh, a newly organized group called the uh, Independent Restaurant Coalition. That's uh, Robert St. John is, has been uh, very instrumental in, um, in, uh, in working with uh, Senator Wicker's office and Senator McConnell's office, uh, trying to get phase three of the relief package passed so we can, we can get some uh, funding to flow through to small businesses ASAP. 
yeah, a, a valiant effort. And and John, I know all over the country, restaurants are encouraging people to uh, to buy gift certificates because it's a great way to give the restaurants some cash flow. And in in your case, to to help the employees. And is there a way that listeners can can buy gift certificates online for for your businesses? Yeah, absolutely. Anybody who uh, who calls into any of the restaurants, um, it's a uh, it's a, it's a primitive program. But if you call in, we'll uh, we'll take your information, um, throw gift cards in an envelope, and, and mail them to you. Okay, so it's a call in, not an online. That's important. That's correct. Okay, and are all of your restaurants open? Uh, they they are absolutely. Wow. And they're all doing curbside pickup? All doing curbside pickup and delivery. Um, we, I've actually had conversations with the guys that, that have these crazy delivery robots uh, out on campus um, about the possibility of partnering with them and using robots to do a full 100% no-contact delivery so you could have a, a robot uh, you know, bring supper right to your front door. Hmm. Tell us a little bit about uh, Move On Up Mississippi uh, and the COVID family assistant boxes. Um, well, a couple of our board members uh, before this blew up, this is almost uh, two weeks ago, uh, as we saw this coming, and, and you know, I, I had it's now almost a month ago that I had my first meeting with my staff about this, and my managers thought I had completely lost my mind. Um, and uh, – but uh, as this became very clear that the threat was coming, uh, the, uh, a couple of the board members, uh, Mac Nichols and, and, and John T. Uh, and I, John T. Edge and I all sort of jumped into some conversation about <clears throat> could we create a mechanism to uh, get foods into the hand, hands of the people that, you know, would, you know, would be impacted. At that time, we thought, oh, well, some people will be without work and, and people are going to be diagnosed in quarantine. Like we didn't have any idea that the scope of it would be this bad, um, and so we initially thought about just going to James Food. I mean, to uh, to Big Star and buying a mountain of gift cards and just handing out gift cards to people so they could go to the store. And you know, my immediate response was, "Well, I don't think that we need to give you know carte blanche to folks to just go to the store and you know and buy two hundred fifty dollars worth of Doritos and soda and." you know, in candy and, you know, nonsense. What if we could stretch the money that we have in the foundation account right now and we started preparing meals and we prepared boxes so that we could create a box for a family that has uh, meals and staples for seven days. And so that's what we've done. And now, you know, currently our, uh, our, our commissary kitchen is just a, a, a tiny little ant pile of activity as uh, as we are creating these meals and packaging these dry goods, um, you know, to to deliver to families in need. Wow, <clears throat> that that's very impressive, and uh, I'm I'm glad that you had the forethought to to get organized and to put all of this uh, in motion. Do you have any advice for home cooks who are trying to make things stretch this during this crisis and things that maybe you're doing at home? <clears throat> well, oh, wow, to make things stretch, uh, you know, well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm finding myself using uh, a lot of fillers in, in things like, uh, 
Last night I made these Sri Lankan uh, lentils from a Sam Sifton recipe that was on the New York Times cooking site yesterday, and they were magnificent. Um, but, you know, I ended up sort of doubling the meal volume that those would be by, you know, taking. It was it was a pound of lentils that I started with, and I took about a, a, a half pound of, brown, of cooked brown rice and just started into the lentils, and it didn't change the flavor, but it stretches it um you know, uh, hmm. you know, I, I would encourage everybody to go to their freezers immediately, and you know, and start inventorying what they have, you know, in their freezers to, uh, you know, to to, you know, to make use of everything that's in there first. Um, you know, thereby you know creating space for you know for new inventory that you know or new food product that they 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 bring into their into their homes. Um, but you know, most of all, to you know, for everybody to just stop panicking at the stores. Um, you know, the, yeah. the reason that the stores are running out of stuff is because we're not shopping like normal. The, the, the supply chain hasn't been interrupted. It's just the fact that, uh, you know, everybody's rushed to the stores to, you know, to buy as much toilet paper as possible, to buy all the Purell. I mean, you know, uh, it's, we, we've got to just take a more measured approach to this if, you know, if, if we're all going to be okay. Yeah, and, and the pantry and the freezer are the first place that we should go because, you know, every time you buy, go and buy, you know, six cans of uh, diced tomatoes or, or something, that's taken, and you have that in your pantry, it's taken it off the shelf for somebody who really who really needs it, and mm. we need to do yeah. that. Yeah, and, I, you know, I encourage folks now, you know, Cook what you love. Um, you know, cook the things that, you know, that bring you comfort. I mean, I, I found, you know, myself, you know, at the store in the, uh, in the last few days and, you know, and I, and I cook stuff like, um, you know, my grandmother's uh, smothered chicken with mushrooms. Um, you know, I'm making meatloaf today. Uh, we've made, uh, you know, meatballs and spaghetti. I mean, it's, you know, stuff that, stuff that goes a long way, but it also, you know, gives you a very uh, visceral sense of comfort in eating it. Well, John, we got to take a break, and we deeply appreciate you sharing your time with us today, and uh, we very much value the good work that you do uh, up in Oxford Town, and we appreciate that, and uh, we look forward to talking to you on the other side of all of this. Well, guys, thank you, and uh, and if I can take a moment, I want to thank everybody who has continued to support us and all of the restaurants in uh, in our community. We've never needed it more, and we we could not be more appreciative for uh, the support that we've got. You're a good man, Thanks, John, John, and we'll see you soon. It's time for our last break of the hour. We certainly want to thank Chef John Currents and Chef Cole Ellis for joining us today. The restaurant industry, like many industries, is hurting, but there are ways that you can support them. We will post links on our podcast page where you can get involved. We'll also there will be more Deep South Dining right after this break. We still have time if you want to join the show. I know we have a caller from Starkville on hold. We hope to get to William in just a second when we return. one mpb ring or shoot us an email to food at mpbonline.org. More Deep South Dining right after this.
Hi, I'm Jason Klein from Fix It 101. If you ever thought about changing the doorknob or fixing a leaky faucet, some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. You're listening to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Malcolm White in my basement on Gillespie Street in Belhaven here with Carol Puckett. Carol, where are you? I'm in Edwards, Mississippi. Oh, you're out in the country. Oh, yeah, I'm a country girl. I've been fishing while I was going to ask about the fish. Yep. Uh, You know, I saw that great photograph you posted of the crappie, I guess, or was it brim that you caught? It was brim. Brim. Uh, And you fried them up. Yes, I did. I I hear you, you fried the kitchen as well. Yes, I did, and uh, I made hush puppies, too, and I made one of the biggest mistakes that somebody could make. It's just embarrassing, and I just really hate to say it on the air, but I left grease cooking on the fire while we were eating. Oh, me. Just forgot to turn it off. I know. You know, just my mind is in so many different places, and... You know, that was really, really bad. I can't believe I'm, I'm admitting that. Uh, but well, all was well. We, uh, John and I smothered it with some dish towels, and all was well, and it didn't get out of hand. But it certainly uh, it upset me that, you know, I've been cooking for years, and I made a junior mistake there. Hey, the we're brim, all human. The brim were good. Yeah, the brim were great, and the hush puppies were really good so so that was a good thing well you know java i I told carol when she told me about this little incident i said carol you know you don't cook fish inside you're supposed to cook your brim out back well that's that's true (laughs) but it was you know it was a rainy day in the country (laughs) and and the brim were fresh yeah, and I did uh, fried oysters last night. So you know, my man likes fried food and yeah, the fried it. oysters. So, so I you know got back in there, got back up on on the horse, and yeah. um, I did post a picture of my my brim on our our Facebook page, cooking and coping. It was my best photograph. It, it was not Instagrammable. It's not beautiful, but. I think brim and hush puppies on a plate always look good. I love that picture. In fact, it took me back to my childhood uh, when I was growing up in rural Stone County. We used to brim fish all the time, and my grandmother would cook up our fish, and uh, we would have you know big family fish fries at the conclusion of a day at the lake. And that's precisely what the photograph reminded me of. And sure is nice to have. Uh, uh, things to to think about and creative things to ponder uh, in these very difficult times. Tell our listeners more about uh, the the Facebook page, Carol. Okay, again, it's called Cooking and Coping and Gathering Around the Virtual Table. But just you look it up, Cooking and Coping, and it's it's our group, uh, Malcolm and I, and Deep South Dining, and it's a way for us to keep our community together together through you know, this crisis, but it, it's growing. Like while we've been on the air this morning, we've had a bunch of people sign up and 
it's just so great to be able to share ideas and see what people are doing and hear about their crazy experiences. Um, you know, Leslie Kelly, who is a wonderful food writer out in Washington State, uh, has a picture in front of her camper making pizza on a George Foreman grill. It's just oh it's interesting, <laughs> but it's a way to keep it's a way to keep the community going and. And we really want to hear what people are doing all over the state. And it doesn't have to be fancy. You know, we all cope in, in different ways, like the person with butter and ramen noodles. Right. Yeah, it, it made that it, it made me want that. Or I'm looking here at coconut cake, um, looking at somebody making ravioli. You know, there's just a lot going on. Absolutely. And we appreciate uh, our great friend and talented chef Leanne Gall uh, help assisting us to get that Facebook page set up. She she does such a marvelous job with her post uh, every day. Yeah, and I'm hoping you and you and Leanne will be posting on, on this today. And once you sign up for the page, you can actually send it to send an invitation to your friends who like to cook and yeah, we'll build a really great community. We already, already have like 250 just in 48 hours. Oh, that's great. It's impressive. What are your plans uh, for cooking on this day? I really haven't thought that far ahead. Have you? Actually I have, we have a couple of pieces of fish from John at Dugan seafood. Yeah, uh -huh. he's he's still in the parking lot on Thursday and Friday, and I've been holding them in ice and changing the ice, you know, a couple of times a day to keep them really fresh. And it's some triple tail, so Ooh. I'm gonna do yeah, I'm gonna do triple tail in a cast iron skillet. And what you do is you heat, you put your skillet in the oven at about 425, and you know, let it heat up. I usually leave it in there 10 or 15 minutes and then roll the triple tail in uh, olive oil or whatever kind of oil you want to use, season it up, and then put it in the pan and cook it for, you know, depending on how thick it is, yeah. seven, eight, nine minutes. But it, it's delicious. And I like to put Creole seasoning on it or Greek seasoning. But I highly recommend that method. And you can do this with catfish or, 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 or any snapper, redfish, any kind of fish you have, right? Yeah. Uh, so what are you cooking? You, have you gotten that far? Or are you just, are you going to see know, what the day brings? Yeah. Uh, I haven't really planned any cooking today, uh, but I will get after that once we get off the air. Uh, I've been making these omelets every morning, uh, these French style omelets that I love and putting, uh, sharp cheddar cheese in them and then topping them with salsa and, and getting heating up some tortillas. And uh, I had a little bit of leftover Ponchatoula strawberry reduction from the, the flat of Ponchatoula strawberries I got a couple of weeks ago. So I'm, I'm parsing that out a little bit at a time. So I like to take that, uh, take a tortilla chip and put that uh, strawberry reduction in the middle and roll it up and kind of eat it as a sweet side to my, to my breakfast omelet. Well, you've got me thinking this morning about how seafood gumbo 
Uh, you have any that you could leave out on the porch? <laughs> you know, I do have a container of uh, the seafood bisque. Uh, oh, seafood bisque, over. okay. Yeah, and I certainly, if you're interested, I can put it out on the curb and share it with you. I, I brought two home, and I've eaten one, and I'd be happy to share the other one. But you're way out in the country. Well, I might, you know, for seafood bisque, I could be urged to travel. You think you could come to town? <laughs> I think I could. Uh, and I, yeah, a lot of people are fishing out of the reservoir right now and um, cooking what they've got. It looks like lots of crappie cooking. I know uh, Bobby Cleveland cooked up a bunch last night. He posted a photograph with this amazing pile of crappie sitting on top of a newspaper. Beautiful shot. Yeah, man, Bob, I was just wondering what Bobby, you know Bobby's fishing. I think he caught all those fish off the the bank of his own property there. Yeah. Well, all right. sign up sign up for cooking and coping and let us hear from you. We want to know what's going on. What are the restaurants in your area doing? Right. Y'all be in touch. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Stink Radio. We're funded by generous contributors from contributions from listeners like you. The show is produced by the magical and ever-beloved Java Chapman. We appreciate our guests today, Chef Cole Ellis and Chef John Currents. I'm Malcolm White. Stay tuned now for Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey. Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit follows with Dr. Josie Bidwell. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio.